powered by Go Goat Sports in partnership with TSN. It is episode 65 of season four of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast, presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. Man, lots to look forward to, Ray, as we're more or less through two rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs, but there's a big one that needs to be played, and that's Seattle, Dallas, and that's game seven in the West to decide who moves on to play the Vegas Golden Knights. So you've had a few days at home to recharge again and get your life in order in a few more days, right, before you dive into what? Are you starting in the West when the Western Conference Finals been established? I don't. We haven't got the final word yet. So I think so, but really, <laughs> that's changed like four or five times in the last two weeks. I will tell you, so I don't know. I'm going somewhere later this week. I will okay. tell you my greatest enjoyment of and you got to look at this in the big picture of the Leafs and the Oilers losing. Okay, is at TSN we have this fabulous director Franklin and a, this unreal producer Chris. They work together. Yeah. They've worked together for years. Franklin loves the Oilers. Chris is from Alberta and loves the loves the <laughs> Oilers. Or so Franklin loves the Leafs rather. Yeah, yeah. Chris loves Chris loves the Oilers. Our group texts today. These two guys are kicking each other in the shins as hard as they can. <laughs> and this is one of those ones just from like row 23. I get to lob something in the middle of it and have them fight some more. I'm, I'm really enjoying. I'm really enjoying how much. So what they, was your lob? What was the best lob that kind of got them going again well, as things were settling down? Franklin had pretty much disassociated himself from the chat. Okay. Once the Leafs lost, he just went. Poof, he was gone. Yeah, I'm out. And so that gave Chris three solid days of just giving it to Franklin. Well, Franklin came in and he's he's a dark, witty soul. And uh, so I just mentioned that I cheer for both of their teams and I'm really upset for both of them and how much I support <laughs> them both. And so then all of a sudden, they can't quite turn it on me yet, but no. they will. It'll it'll turn that way. But in the meantime, watching these two guys is just it's outstanding. It's, because I really thought, Dregs, that a team from Canada was going to win this year. I thought oh, the so road I, was clean yeah. for one of them to get through, given yeah. the way that it had all turned out. And, and as it turns out, here we are, 93 again. So that's mm. 30 years. And, yeah. you know. It's pretty pretty hard to believe, actually. Well, it'll be a busy week too, right? As the media veils, you know, begin. They started this morning as we record episode sixty-five for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Kyle Dubas, the general manager of the Leafs, spoke to the media. Undoubtedly, you know, Edmonton's going to take what a day or two, forty-eight hours, and you know they'll kind of try and decompress and digest, and then they'll meet the media at some point this week. So. Why don't we look back at, at both those series, the Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights, Florida and Toronto in headlines presented by our friends at Tim Hortons. Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. From results-driven marketing across TV, radio and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out of home and everything in between. They have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. All right, Ray, so because it's so fresh, let's look back at Game 6 of the Western Conference 
semifinal, and that is the Oilers, and that is the Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, let's not take anything away here from Vegas. You know, they won this series and deservedly will move on to play either Seattle or the Dallas Stars. You know, Aiden Hill comes into a tough scenario, doesn't he? Replaces Laurent Brassois, who's out with injury. And you've talked a lot over the course of this season on that carousel of goaltenders that Bruce Cassidy has had to rely on. And and then obviously, John Marsh so scoring the natural hat trick for the Vegas Golden Knights. And then as McDavid said, Vegas was clinical in their execution of protecting that lead and keeping the puck away from the stars in that third period to close the deal. Well, I mean, they held on and defended about as well as you could in the, yeah. in the third. I thought Vegas did a really good job. There were three or four chances that the Oilers had that Hill made saves on. One was on Bouchard. One was on Ekholm. Uh, McDavid hit the crossbar. The ones on Ekholm and Bouchard in particular, though, sometimes it's just your night. Yeah. It just just yeah. the way it is. Those pucks hit the numbers on the arm of Hill. <laughs> and so what that tells tells you as someone that shot yeah. those chances is you're literally an inch away from that puck, an inch from that puck hitting the side of your arm, the goalie's arm, and going into the net, as opposed to it hit enough of his arm and stayed out. Yeah. Hill was awesome, though. I'm always amazed at the mental game the goalie has to play. He gave up goals on the first two shots and then stopped 39 straight. Mm -hmm. Like that is, you know, that game could, I mean, maybe if he's different mentally, he gets away from it in the first period and all of a sudden they've given up four or five, which has happened in this series many times. So I was really impressed with that. The Oilers came apart in that second period again. Like the, the, the third and fourth goals were breakdowns by, by the Oilers. Like yeah. bad ones that Marchessault was able to, I'm sorry, the second and third goals, my mistake, that they were able to, that Marchessault was able to take advantage of. The ones from in tight, those shouldn't happen given the way the plays unfolded. So I just thought the Oilers would have enough to win. Mm -hmm. Ryan Nugent Hopkins had an amazing season. And, and dried up. Dried yeah. up. Evander Kane didn't have a point in the last seven games. He didn't look right to me skating. -wise yeah, there's for, a, a suspected arm injury, something going on there. But he didn't look like he skated as well to me. Hyman was banged up for sure. Yeah. And so, like, every team deals with it. I mean, hell, Vegas is, you know, they've been dealing with it all year. That felt like a series that Edmonton could and should win yeah. and didn't. Uh, clearly, at the end of it, one of the factors was goaltending played a part. Mm -hmm. And so I think when the Oilers debrief, they need to look at, I you know, depending on what you think of Jack Campbell, but you signed him to five years. Here's the deal. GM signs him, gives him to the coach, tells him to do the best job he can with the roster they have. <clears throat> Stu Skinner was clearly on wobbly wheels by the time yeah. they got to game six. Maybe that was the time to start Campbell. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something you can't unchange. You know, they went into it and that's, you know, that's the way it is, but that's something to, to look at again. The other thing is, I know everything becomes about McDavid and Dreisaitl. It's not a basketball team. They lost faith in the bottom of their roster. They didn't yeah. play those guys very much. And forwards do not function at 24 and 25 minutes well. it just So they just lose to a team. I think Eichel played 17 and a half minutes. Mm -hmm. Like you, you've got to... You've got to be able to stretch out your roster a little bit, yeah. and and the Oilers just can't. So or they don't. Just, let's let's jump into that a little bit more. Look, I think we're both 
big fans of Bruce Cassidy. We know how how good a coach he is, right? And and I'm not going to go out and say that Cassidy flat out outcoached uh, Jay Woodcroft. I mean, to some degree, I guess that's reality, and it's also obvious. But it did feel, to your ice time point, that Woodcroft was was uber focused on the matchup game early on in the first period. I mean, McDavid played five minutes twenty one seconds right in in the first period. And then things started to go awry. That second period gets ugly for Edmonton. And now you're chasing the game. And and you're trying to get your horses running and, and all of those things. Um, so what does that boil down to? Is it exactly as you described? Just you don't trust your bottom six to be able to, to deliver, even though the bottom six did deliver for the Oilers offensively early on? Uh, yeah, because the game the game gets short. And I'll use the word panic, but it's not. It's just immediacy and urgency. Like, let's face it, if Leon Dreisaitl and Clem Costin have the same shot, yeah, Costin needs it 10 times, Dreisaitl needs it two to score. Right, yeah. You know, those are just made-up numbers. Those are, But the point being, you trust, of course, the top end of your roster far more. It, it's interesting, it's because we'll get to Florida in a minute, but, you know, there was a lot of people that thought Paul Maurice didn't know how to coach anymore. Mm-hmm. And he had a quote at the end of the series with the lease. I thought it was a terrific view is that not to change how you coach in the playoffs so much from the way that you do in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Like there's some subtle changes, of course, you're a little more hyper-focused because it's the same team all the time. But if you get to a point where the Oilers had all this production from their bottom six in the regular season, and even through the first round, and then you don't use them anymore, you're compacting the minutes so greatly on so very few. And this is ridiculous to say. Drysaddle got, you know, got a little quiet in the last yeah. couple of games of the series. Yeah. It's ridiculous to say because what did he have? Thirteen goals or whatever. Yeah, you know, it was an amazing playoff run. But if it's concentrated on just a couple of guys and one of them happens to hit a dry patch, which is inevitably going to happen, then what? He looked off, by the way, in Game mm-hmm. Six. And I mean, it's it's again obvious when you look at. The event summary, and you see that he's he's minus four, yeah. you know, against well, Eichel. Two, two uh, of those two of those goals went right through him, yeah, and that that doesn't generally happen. No, it does. And now you're down to the shortest of strokes, and you know, here you are. You've got you know a, a goalie that's wobbly. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Vegas is throwing multiple players at McDavid and Drysital. They're fresher mm-hmm. than they possibly could be. Agreed. Like one guy, for example, I thought had a just an awesome series and was terrific towards the end was William Carlson. Really good. Yeah. And he does it kind of, you know, he had that one year when they came over in the expansion and he, you know, I don't know, whatever he had 40, whatever goals and he had six the year before, but he's a two way quiet, effective player. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I think the other, the other point I'll, I'll leave this with Vegas is I know there's a, a faction of, of people that look at play drivers and smaller players and good skaters and get all that look at vegas's defense you can have all of that if you want and then you get into these six trees (laughs) that are around the front of the net and the way they defend even when you're you think you've got nick haig beat and he turns around and poke checks you from across the street yeah like that there's something to it unless you've got you know a, a smaller magician I want six really long, tall guys <laughs> on the blue line. Like right. I'll take Quinn Hughes every day. I'll take Kale McCarr every day. Pick another smaller point producer, Adam Fox. Yeah. Fine. When I see yeah. smaller, six feet. 
Yeah. But the rest of them, boy, stretch them out as lo- as much as you can. If they can move, they fill up the zone and all- McDavid and Dreisaitl dominate the play, and then there's nowhere to go. Yeah. All right, so just to wrap up the, the West for a moment here, the Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights, if you're Kenny Holland, do you see the need for change? Are you There's just hoping always, that your goaltending is 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 going to solidify? Because it's not much you can do with Jack Campbell at this stage, and you hope that Stu Skinner, who's twenty four, is going to continue to develop. Well, well, Skinner's under contract for three years. Campbell's got four years. Yeah, Oilers. Here, here's your goalies, yeah. and you have to hope that Campbell finds a steadier game than he had yeah. this past year because it wasn't anywhere near good enough. No, but there will be change. Even even if you win, there's change. But that that roster yeah, with has, free agency and things like yeah, that, right? That yeah. roster has to evolve somewhat to the point where they can rely on more players. And it's not easy because mm-hmm. the players that you're looking to add, some other team might have a little more cap room and be able to pay them more than you can. And as a result, you don't get those players. But they've Dylan Holloway is gonna is gonna be around that team. Lavoie is going to be around that team pushing for a job like they, they're going to have to get younger. And some of those younger guys maybe can push for 10 minutes a night because that 10 minutes is valuable because it means McDavid and Dreisaitl don't have to play 24. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Again, game seven of the Western Conference final is Seattle and Dallas. So we'll revisit. Or you want a quick thought on that series? Thought. Jake yeah. Ottinger, 23, 2 and 2 after a <laughs> loss since the beginning of last year. So you smell a good game coming well, in goal for the Dallas like, Stars. How does that happen? <laughs> like, how does that, you know, so I'll tell you, I was entertained to hell the other day with <laughs> Seattle and that building was just shaken. It was, it was like vibrating that building. So now they got to go back to Dallas and Dallas yeah. has got a little bit of decisions to make on the blue line for tonight. And we'll see. I mean, it'll be, it'll be exciting for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll set up each conference final later in the week on the podcast. As I mentioned earlier, the Toronto Maple Leafs had their player media availabilities earlier today. It sounds like Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe are going to speak later. So unfortunately, that'll be beyond our podcast reporting. But if there's anything noteworthy, we can revisit that also later in the week. Takeaway loss from Florida or to Florida for many, Ray, is that the core of the Maple Leafs now finally needs to be changed. Does it? or do you feel like there's still a little bit of runway left individually where each player maybe needs to go through this hard lesson of self-awareness and a better understanding of what it takes to win? Or should that have happened by now? And it's crystal clear that if it's Kyle Dubas' general manager, then it's time to look at Meyer. It's time to look at Willie. It's time to look at somebody else. I don't think it should have happened by now. Like, I... I, I I thought they would play better in this playoff. And I, I don't question that, you know, that these four, you know, the four Tavares as well are involved still. Like they haven't been changed or moved. It, it seems really obvious to me what, what the real issue becomes is that there's a balance between what you think those four guys can do and the types of players they keep trying to bring in year after year after year after year. Mm. It's the same guys. They're just in different bodies. It's grit, veteran, grind, more physical. It's the same thing every year because they don't feel they have enough of that, clearly, in the top end of their roster. So they're Mm -hmm. looking for this balance that's so elusive for them. 
I keep reading a lot about Ovechkin and Crosby. I think, I think Crosby, what year was he when they finally won? Like it was six or seven, was it not? Yeah, I mean, up there for sure. Yes. And Ovechkin was, of course, longer. Yeah. So if you want to use that model, which one of Tavares, or I'm sorry, Tavares, I'm going to take out of the core four because of his contract and age, he's not going anywhere. No. But which one out of Matthews, Marner, and Nylander has the same personality leadership type persona as Crosby and Ovechkin? Mm -hmm. Which one would that be? And the answer is none of them. No, not really. And it and it's no. they're just different people. They're just different in the way that they approach things, the way that they play. And people like to use these comparisons. I don't like them. I, for me, I don't like them because they're different people involved in different scenarios and different spots, different situations. Right. I do think they need change. I don't think you make change for like you read you read some even, you know, media or columnists or what what have you about they need to blow it all up. They need to it's so much easier said than done. Oh, no kidding. You can say, I want to trade this guy. Somebody else need wants him, has to want him. Yeah. And then if you're trading a player making ten million dollars, you have to take money back. They don't have room to just drop that guy into the lineup. It's been well reported. Here are the here's the order. Is Dubas coming back? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to be decided in the next couple of weeks. If it's not already decided, yeah, that like not you keep reading by the draft. No, like by imminently now. So that's number one. Number two is Matthews extension coming up. Yeah, because if he's not going to give you by the draft the yes, I'll sign or you know we're signing and coming up with an extension, then you have to really look at what you're going to do because if you get past July first. He's running it most likely to free agency. Right. And are you really going to do that? Oh, boy. Yeah. That would be. Well, look, the sense is with Matthews, maybe it's the arrogance of of not Austin per se, but the situation that he's in where there will be no negotiation. They're going to put the Matthews camp is going to put a term and a number mm-hmm. on the table July 1st at what is it? 13 and a half, 14, 14 and a half per year on whatever term, and Toronto, you take it or you leave it. And if you choose to leave it and hope that there is a negotiation, then the scenario unfolds that you've just described, right? So are you willing to do that if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs? You know? Well, at some point, it doesn't matter whether you're willing to do it or not. It's <laughs> a fair point. You, you got to get led into whatever direction yeah. it's going. So I don't know why, but... I have in my head, this is ridiculous, but I'm going to say it anyway. I, I have in my in my head 14 times 8. And I think that's probably high. But for the people saying he's, he's going to give a hometown discount or should or that, I would always, in most cases, say, well, I guess always most cases, two different things. I would, in most cases, say a hometown discount's not the way to go for the player. Right. You get what you get, and then they've got to work around it. Don't forget, the cap will go up in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there'll be a little more runway. Um, but that's, that's point two is you need that direction. Point three is once you get that is the coach coming back. Right. Or not. That's, that's another choice. They've had four cracks at it. Is that, yeah. I think there are times when, um, when they all look unraveled, yeah. including Sheldon. Yeah. Very emotional dude. Yeah. Man. And, and so there's, 
I think it all plays into each other. Like to me, I can see why some people think you should bring it all back because it doesn't feel that far away yet. Did that not feel like when Nick Cousins scored the other night, did that not feel like, oh yeah, well, of course this was the way it was going to end. It did. Yeah. I think they found a goalie. I'm telling you, Joe, I think Joel Wall's really good. He reminded me a lot of Akira Schmid yeah. in the devil. Very athletic, now, right? Yeah. But calm and big presents yeah. big. Um, what if next year they can go with Samson off if they if they can get him signed at a decent number and Joe Wall? Mm-hmm. And then just figure out what you have to do with Matt Murray. Yeah, you're gonna right? you're gonna have to attach an asset, yeah. and chew up some money, and yeah, that's just the way it's gonna it. have to go. Uh, but I I don't know. There's they're never in the market to be an okay team, you know, and so that becomes that becomes really complicated and multi layered. I will say one thing that was pretty clear. Adding six or seven players at the deadline was a mistake. If you look back over the last six or seven years, Stanley Cups, the most teams that most players, the Stanley Cup winners added is three. And that was last year with Colorado. It was Manson, Cogliano, and Lekkonen. Lekkonen, yeah. So you're saying it's a mistake because of the assets that were... No, I'm saying it's a mistake because you cannot... That means you've built a really great season until March with one team. And now you're trying to reinvent your team for the last six weeks of the season. Right. Yeah. There's too much change. There's too much. They all sound like they really got along. They really sounded like they all had, you know, the idea on the same page, but it's too much change. So does Austin Matthews, look, I, I don't have this illusion that Connor McDavid is banging on the door of Kenny Holland and saying, you need to do this. You need to get this player. You need, you know, like, does he have an opinion? Yeah. And I'm sure he's shared that opinion in Edmonton. No doubt about that. Does Matthews have the clout because of his contract situation to say to the general manager, I don't want you to change a core. If you're thinking about trading Mitch Marner or William Nylander, I need to know about this because that's going to influence our impact my decision as to whether or not I want to sign here long-term. He does because leverage is everything. Here's the other part to this whole contract thing. Doesn't Marner's no trade kick in July 1st? July 1, no move. So they are locked into no leverage, Mm -hmm. the Leafs. Like this is, this, this is a, this cannot be overlooked. Like the Bruins are going to have decisions to make because they got to wait and find out whether Krejci or Bergeron are going to play. And if they're not going to play, then they're, they're, their position is going to change because of those decisions. The Leafs have already locked into their decisions by the contractual status of the top end of their roster. So they're going to have to decide in really short order before those no trades kick in, before Matthews walks into the last year of his contract, before Nylander walks into the last year of his contract. They're going to have to decide. They, this was all supposed to be advanced further than it is right now by the Mm -hmm. time these contracts kicked in by the time this july 1st comes around yeah they were supposed to be further on down the road they're not and that makes these decisions even more enormous but the (laughs) first decision is who's making the decision yeah yeah and that drags i don't that cannot be understated like it is it is it is fast but they've already had to have had in upper management major discussions about what the path looks like 
because they're not starting from scratch here. No, absolutely not. Absolutely. You know, and, not. and for people that say, Oh, it had, it was all on whether they got through the second round or not. Now I don't, no. I don't buy that for a second. Well, I, I look, I know that's not the view of Shanahan, you know, his, his view going into the playoffs and certainly after round one was that you, you do have to analyze and assess the body of the work. And that applies to both Kyle Dubas and, and Sheldon Keefe. And I don't think that much would have changed because they lost in a five-game series to the Florida Panthers. So, All right, well, we'll continue to uh, match up, you know, Florida and Carolina because that's going to be a fascinating series, you know, as a Eastern Conference final. Let, and, let me just throw this stuff out really quick. Okay. I, I start doing a little bit of... Oh, geez, it, it is Florida. You know, not like, oh, it could be Florida. Yeah, yeah. It, it is Florida. And and then you've got Carolina. And there might, it might seem like there's not much interaction between the two teams. But mm -hmm. there's so much of it. It's crazy the amount of overlap between yeah. Carolina and, and Florida. And we're going to see it mm -hmm. right through this next series, right? So you, when I look at these guys, it, you go, of course, Start right there, the Stahl brothers at the first, right? Got a couple yeah. on couple on Florida, one on Carolina. Paul Maurice coached the Canes, right? He coached yeah. all three of the Canes coaches. <laughs> Gustav Forslings turned into a terrific player. They mm -hmm. he got claimed off waivers from Carolina to Florida. Uh Eto Lusterinen, he's a really good player. You're if you haven't watched Florida much, watch that kid. He's he's really he good. Really good. Yeah. And he came, he went from Florida to Carolina in the Vinny Trocek trade. Like these guys are all over each other's footprint. It's a really <laughs> cool series. And I don't know. We'll find out Thursday, but I'm, I'm leaning to Carolina for me, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll make that sign to be a well oiled machine, yeah. Ooh, oh, despite the fact that they're missing parts. <laughs> Big parts. Um, but Brenda Moore has them dialed in. Yeah. All I'm right. Sure well, does. we'll. We'll, uh, we'll get into all of that in episode 66 of the Rain Riggs podcast. That's headlines. Thank you to Tim Hortons. Now time to move into uh, our normal weekly visit. Twice a week we visit with Chris Abbott, but uh, again, Chris Abbott has worked hard to this point of the season, so he's taken a well-earned vacation. But we still need to get through all that is going on in the National Hockey League and Botano.ca, now available in Ontario, right? Remember, Botano reminds us the game starts now. And, you know, all you have to do is log on to Botano.ca and you can see all that is there to participate in from a gambling perspective. And there's lots of it. You know, I, I'm okay with now having the conversation about the con Smythe because for the most part, with respect to Seattle and Dallas, we have a pretty good picture of, of what we're seeing individually then as a group. So would you be surprised if I look at the top four Con Smythe candidates? A Jack Eichel of the Vegas Golden Knights sits at plus 700. Sebastian Ajo, plus 700. And then it moves to like Freddie Anderson. That one doesn't make sense to me. No, plus that one's off. That one's yeah. off. Because Matthew, you know what? Halfway yeah. through this series, Freddie's not going to be in goal. Because... Yeah. They're going to use both goalies. They couldn't use both goalies last round because yeah. Ranta got sick. But I, I don't think he's – that would be one I would I would skip past. Okay, so you have Matthew Kachuk at plus 800 if you're betting that the Florida Panthers are, are going to advance to the Stanley Cup final. Mark Stone is plus 1,100, as is Sergei Bobrovsky. Well, if Florida's going to win, Bobrovsky's going to have a big part of it. You know, mm -hmm. if you're looking at some decent money – I yeah. see you right up at the top there. I'm looking at this board now. So 
I'm going to take a little bit of a flyer and say I'm going to I'm going to bet on the home team tonight. Okay. In Dallas. So All I right. look at Rope Hints yeah. at plus 1900 and Joe Pavelski yeah. who, who's ridiculously oh. got eight goals in the series. He's been like, so good. Unreal. Like those two guys might might be worth it. The one guy deep down there is Brandon Montour. Yeah. And Got a it, bit quiet against Toronto towards yeah, but the end, still, but you're, yeah. you're betting these odds for two rounds from now. Right, right, right. And so he, he strikes me as somebody that I would, I, this is a fun one. I, I like this because you're, <laughs> you're not only looking drags, a eh, right at the players. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're looking at, you know, like, yeah, but can their team get there? And it's yeah. not for right now. It's for what's going to be in, in four weeks, four weeks. Can you believe I this? Know. Man, crazy. Well, and again, further down the list here, the Tano.ca website, you've already acknowledged that you think that the Carolina Hurricanes are going to win that Eastern Conference final. I, I have for, them in a long, bitter in, series. You do, eh? So yeah. what, are you saying seven or six? Yes, seven. Okay. I, so I think these two are just going to, yeah. like the old Fred Flintstone, club each other with, yeah, a, yeah. with a mallet until this thing gets to the end. Well, if it goes seven, that's plus 215. So a little bit of money being made there. A sweep is plus 575. This isn't going to be a sweep. No, I just, I don't see it. I don't see anybody falling apart here. And you've got the Carolina Hurricanes, by the way, at minus 139 in Florida right now at plus 112. So that's the East, and we'll check in on the West coming up later in the week. So thank you to Botano.ca. Ask Rain Driggs anything. You can send us your questions on Twitter and Instagram. Some real nice Rain Driggs caps just arrived, thanks to Chris Abbott and their good pals at Botano.ca. Let's start with Instagram, Rain. A question from Pete at the Highway's End. Do the Devils still have enough assets after the Timo Meyer trade to make a legitimate offer for, wait for it, are you ready for it? Connor Hellebuck this offseason, or maybe John Gibson. And if so, should they? Hellebuck is spicy. That's interesting. Okay, here, here's, it, it's such an interesting thing, because if you think Akira Schmid is really good. Then don't mess with it. Well, if you bring in either, if you bring in Connor Hellebuck, you're signing him to an extension. Yeah. You're not, you're not dumping those assets for a guy to come in for one year. Yeah. John Gibson in this case makes more sense because he's got, has he got two years left on his deal? I think he does have two years. So that would one or two. Yeah. Well, but if if you're bringing a guy in to sign to an extension, Hellebuck's going to be a large, large number. Yeah. I worry about the duplicity of that because you've got Schmid sitting there. Okay. If either one of those guys, however, one goalie's going back the other way. Right. But was that Vanacek? Right. You got to move money back. Yeah. And and you can't have, I mean, Schmid's not going to the American League next year. No, no. So really, um, I, I, I see that. I see some decisions that Jersey has to make, mm-hmm. like significant ones, and it involves money as well, like Jesper Bratt, who just disappeared in the playoffs. Cost himself some money. Yeah, one year, one, one year, 5.45 million was what he was signed to. And now what do you do with him? Like, what do you sign him to? Or do you trade him? and try and address something else it's interesting summer in jersey because they took a real step this year they really did a quick fun one from larry here good morning larry says absolutely love the podcast never miss 
a podcast. Not one of them, Thanks. ever. So he says, how do I ask Gray and Riggs anything? Is there a number? Is there somewhere I can email, text, any of that? Thank you. So Larry sends <laughs> Larry, that you've question. Done it. You've done half of it right there. <laughs> Uh, there we go. Larry should get a hat for making us chuckle. Um, to Twitter from Matt McQueen, at Matt McQueen. Do you think the Flames should look outside the organization for the next head coach and general manager? Or do you think the right choice is internal, like Craig Conroy, Mitch Wall? Uh, let's throw Brad, uh, Brad Pascal into that equation as well. What You can offer your opinion. I'll af- offer a bit of fact here. I know Don Maloney. And the brass of the Calgary Flames are interviewing outside the organization and have been for quite some time. Do they ultimately hire outside the organization or do they feel beholding or that they need to give it to Conroy or an internal candidate? We'll find out, but they're talking outside. I think it would be a colossal mistake not to talk to other people. Like, how how do you know? It might, you want the road to direct you to the candidate not the candidate to direct how you build the road. Yeah. And so the end of the interview process, however long that is and however many people they want, and that's got to be pretty quick too. I mean, you need somebody here making your decisions going into your draft lists, which you'll rely heavily on your scouts for, but your draft lists, your, whether you're going to make deals at the draft, whether you're, whatever your free agent, you won't need that GM in there now, if possible. So I would be stunned. Even before you had said, Dregs, I would have been stunned had they not been talking outside the organization. Yeah. All right. This one comes from a name you're probably going to recognize. Is it Chad Naring? Hmm. So let me ask the question. So Chad grew up in Springside, Saskatchewan, which I'm familiar with. Where is Springside? It's not that far from Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Is it near Two Hills? <laughs> I don't. I, no, I don't think it is, really. Okay. Well, I don't know. Anyway. I, like, I love those names. Yeah, but that's so ridiculous. So. Chad grew up in Springside. He's now living in Las Vegas during the offseason, still playing in Germany, playing in Germany. Oh. He played against Landon last few years. Oh, boy. Chad says, keep it up. Love the show. No, 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 oh, no, no. I was going to say, yeah. oh, boy. No, no, no. Okay, this, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take you there. I wouldn't scare okay. you there. He says, big fan of the show. He goes, raise comment of players getting suspended for longer when players get injured. I've always stated if you do something intentional, which could be a gray area, then that player should be suspended as long as the injury takes to recover. I know it could be harsh, but then it will deter the garbage dirty hits. Could this ever be a thing? And Chad says, the playoffs alone, McCarr, Bunting, they would have been done for the series. Do you see it ever coming to fruition? I, I don't because every every manager who they basically make the rules, correct, right? Yeah, basically. Like, they do. Because yeah, they all the have to vote on them, yeah. right? They vote on yeah. them and everyone's fine with harsher suspensions until it's their player. Yeah. And so there's always this hundred you know, percent teeter totter <laughs> of yeah, it's a great idea. Ooh, wait a minute, that could be my guy too. So my view on I just think the act should dictate the suspension. Like there's no way Petrangelo slash should have been one game. That that was a legit dangerous play. And so do you have to wait that Dreisaitl breaks his wrist to give him four games or whatever? Or it hits the slash guard and he's okay and it doesn't break and so it's one game. Like to me, the some guy gets a concussion and another guy doesn't that shouldn't determine the length of the suspension 
if it's a suspendable act, suspend accordingly. And that I don't think that always happens. I think the injury dictates, and it's almost like the tail wagging the dog a little bit. Well, and also, could you, you know, historically speaking, they've always recognized the amplification of the postseason. Sure. Okay? Oh, yeah. Why should it matter then? If well, it's this a- is why, Drake. This is why. Because you're looking at 25 games. No, I understand. Yeah. At verse 80. Yeah. So yeah. they're they're suspending a percentage of that. So I guess that, but then wouldn't it deter the uh, the act? If 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 you said okay, a slash like Petrangelo on Leon Drysaddle mm-hmm. is a three to five game suspension in the regular season, it's a three to five game suspension in the postseason. No, so because don't do it. no, because it's that means it's more harsh. I know. I'm just saying maybe it would just further deter the player mm-hmm. because of the severity of that suspension based on the okay, condensed. Grace, when was the schedule? last time you saw somebody swing their stick like Petrangelo? That's what to me the optic of that play. That that was the issue, the optics of it. it just, I mean, uh, yeah. if you wanted to cross check him or, you know, I don't know, punch him in the nose or something, I don't know. But yeah. this is this was so outside the norm. I was really surprised that it only garnered one game. I mean, it was suggested to me, and I don't know that Petro argued this with George Peros. It was suggested to me that it was more message sending than anything, which he kind of acknowledged, you know, after he served the one game. You know, because he was being targeted to some oh, degree. Okay, but that makes know? that makes no sense. Yeah. So that that means if I'm a star player and they're running into me all the time, I get to I yeah. get a freebie like that for yeah. one game yeah. because I want to tell them to back off. Well, and what was suggested to me, Ray, was was not just the retaliation. That's obvious what he did, but was what was suggested was Etro purposely hit the slash guard. And avoided oh, the risk. <laughs> I slashed a thousand guys. You cannot be that accurate. Do you know how big okay. a slash guard is? Yeah, yeah. It's not it's a very couple big. Of inches. Yeah, he's that accurate. <laughs> oh, stop it! That's full of crap. Well, I'm just saying, a pretty good well, source. And, that's fine. You're just saying, and the pretty good source, and I'm telling the pretty good source. If you bought that. <laughs> Man, have I got a deal for you? <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. That's stuff. ridiculous. All right, well, obviously, I, sorry. Chad. No, I'm not leaving. That's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so Chad gets a rain Riggs hat. Yes. I think it's pretty obvious that Chad gets a rain Riggs. Jeez, and your anonymous source gets nothing. Gets nothing. Pupkis. <laughs> nothing. Okay, good. <laughs> Matt McQueen. Question about the Flames. He gets a yes. hat. Chad Nearing gets a hat. Let's make Larry wait a little bit. Larry was the guy that said, "How do I ask a question?" Oh, I think Larry's on anything. the. I think Larry's on the cusp of a great question. I think he is. So we'll 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 wait for Larry. He to, didn't want to waste it. No. He didn't want to waste it yeah. and send it into the orbit. Yeah. So now he knows the pathway because he's already done it. Well, and he never misses a podcast. So Larry is right on the cusp of getting a nice Rand Dregs hat from Batano.ca. All right, buddy. I got to jump. I, you know what? The Oilers getting taken down in game six. It opens things up a little bit because the panel isn't going to be as committed as we were for the Leafs mm-hmm. and, and the Edmonton Oilers. So I'd like to tell you what I've got going for the rest of the week, but I'm not really sure. I don't know. Well, I'm playing golf tomorrow ni- on Tuesday. That's yeah. a nice thing. Well, let me it tell you what of- I got. Let me tell you what I got planned for the okay. week. And I'm going to give you three sets of numbers. All right. I like it. 10.05. Golf. And 35. Golf. 
10.42. Yoga. Golf. Three straight days. <laughs> Good for you. All so, at the home club? But so. No, three different places. I'm really excited. Oh, Good and, for um, you. So playing with Landon today at our nice. club. Yep. And then I'm playing with Dan Murphy and John Shorthouse on yep. Tuesday. Oh, those guys, they'll give me shots. It'll be just, I'm just going to try and hang with them. Murph is good. Murph yeah, is really good. Yeah, Sh- yeah. Shorty, Shorty can be phenomenal or just entertaining. Yeah. I'm not I, sure. But you know, I, I played with Murph a hundred years ago. We were covering oh. like a seniors event in Winnipeg. Jack Nicholas was playing. I think it's the last time Jack played in Canada. It was a yeah. big deal. Both of us working for Sportsland at the time. I think we snuck out for like nine holes. He's very serious on a golf course. Oh, like very, Murph, very serious. Yeah, because know? he's good. Yeah. Yeah. Dialed yeah. in. You know, you know, like if you're, then you, you know, but those guys, uh, we'll, that'll be a challenge, a little matchy yeah. sort of thing going on there. So kind of speaking of the outdoors, before we wrap up here, I have a request of anybody who's watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, send me any recommendation to keep black flies away. So normally here in, in Brooklyn, Ontario, we don't have that. That's not an issue. Everybody has mosquitoes in Canada, but no black flies. And I'm allergic to black flies. So as soon as they, they tag me once, twice, five times, I'm like a mess for the next Okay, here's days. my ignorance. What's the difference? Between a mosquito and a black fly? Yeah, like how do, how, how do you tell the difference? Like what, don't well, they? Ah, yeah, the no, same? they, black flies, they pack a punch. They're just little itty bitty creatures, man. And, and so Holly, it's a long story. I won't bore you with the details, but I had to plant 10 Virginia creepers on the weekend to cover a fence that is in front of the forest that we, we live adjacent. Well, isn't that really the problem? Yes. So anyway, I'm still scratching and, you know, they, it's just gross all along your hairline and parts of your crevices that you See, don't that's, want. Black that's where I've in. got, uh, that's where I get the advantage. I'm not going to have a hairline pretty soon. So, <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, good luck to you this week with the golf and the travel. And, and we may we'll, have a uh, big, big time guest later this week. I don't want, I, I just got to, you know, massage it a little bit. So yeah, I don't want to yeah, tee yeah. it up too Excellent. heavy, but it's so we'll, uh, we're looking like Thursday, right? Yeah. Thursday morning. Yeah. Thursday will be the next one, and I, I think it'll all will be into the next round or just right yeah. there on Thursday, Friday. Good deal, man. Okay, well, enjoy uh, whatever yeah, time you have left here at home. Thanks, you too, Dregs, and thanks for listening, everybody. Shout out to our partners who make this pod possible twice per week, our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, who ask every time, are you over beer? Batano.ca, it is available now in Ontario, and remember, Batano says, the game starts now. By Tim Hortons. Tim's NHL Hockey Challenge is back for the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm I'm trying to play it every day. I'm not doing so well, but it's it's a fun thing to uh, to do. So check it out on the Tim Hortons app. And by Doer, use code RNDPants, and you will save 15% off everything at Doer.ca. That is another episode of the Rain Dregs Podcast. Until Thursday, stay safe, everyone. <laughs>